So last year in July, uh, when the US uh, decided to uh, dramatically expand its US budget deficit to levels that were even larger than that after the GFC, I heroically forecast that by now uh, we'd have an enormous commodities boom and uh, the result of that would also be uh, there would be upward pressure on the Australian dollar. Uh, well, we certainly have an enormous commodities boom. Um, uh, the Aussie dollar did rally off uh, initially uh, up until the beginning of next year and has come off a bit since then. But what our US budget deficit model tells us is that we are going to see dramatically high commodity prices still for the next two to three years, and that should put upward pressure on the, on the Aussie dollar. Perhaps the best way of looking at this and updating your view on this personally uh, is to look at the RBA website to a chart was, which is updated by the RBA every month, at the beginning of every month, the first day of every month, and they show not precisely this chart. This is the RBA index of US dollar prices, in, of export prices in US dollar terms, but the RBA shows it in SDR terms. I think the rationale for showing in SDR terms is it probably shows the terms of trade effect better. And what we're trying to attempt to estimate it is the attempt, is the effect on the currency better. And what you can see is, uh, uh, as in the piece that I released on Monday, uh, that you've seen a dramatic increase in commodity prices over the last year to a level which is 50% higher on average uh, than the level uh, in 2019 and 2020. Uh, it's not as high as the peak levels of the... Uh, uh, of the resources boom, uh, but our model that you've seen on the previous page says that we'll get there and probably a touch beyond in terms of commodity prices. So this is the fundamental thing, uh, instead of uh, the US budget deficit, that we then put into our model of the Aussie dollar together with interest rates. And when we're doing that, we're stepping back to what is the conventional re uh, view of the Aussie dollar, that is to say it's a commodity model and it's driven by commodity prices and relative interest rates. Uh, the argument could be, for example, that one of the reasons that the RBA, uh, that the Aussie dollar isn't as strong is because the RBA is entering into the uh, market for uh, short and long-term bonds and the interest rates are lower than they would otherwise be. Yes, of course, that is absolutely true. And that's why we uh, include the current levels of interest rates, both US interest rates and uh, and Australia's interest rates in our model, which is then on page three. And what you can see is that uh, um, that if we build a model uh, based on uh, the Aussie dollar moving up and down with those export commodity prices, and uh, also uh, Australian interest rates and US interest rates, that model then explains 87% of monthly variation. And that's about 10% better than what we got from the original model that you saw on, on page one. And it does explain things that uh, couldn't be explained by budget deficits alone. For example, it explains why the Aussie dollar was strong in the period immediately leading in up to the um, uh, financial crisis uh, when commodity prices were stronger than you would expect from a US budget deficit only, only model. Um, and what it says now is uh, the uh, Aussie dollar should be trading in a significantly higher price than it currently is. But as far as Morgan's branches or the Morgan's branches that talk to me are concerned, they're not really interested so much 
or some of them perhaps are, in uh, individually trading the Aussie dollar, what they're trying to do is ensure uh, their clients against the risk of what might happen if the Australian dollar moves one way or another, uh, should they hedge internationally or should they not hedge internationally. Uh, various uh, unit trusts which uh, and uh, exchange-traded trusts, which the exchange-traded funds, indeed, uh, which their clients are holding. So, therefore, what I've done in, uh, in the piece on Monday and what I do in the presentation as well as is calculate this, not just in terms of price, but in terms of risk, that uh, the current fair value, based on where commodity prices are uh, of the Aussie dollar, um, is uh, a touch over 90 cents, and that's 20 cents higher than where the uh, Aussie dollar is currently trading. That's 3.7 standard errors uh, away from fair value, and that's the largest variation we've had this century. And uh, uh, the probability of uh, a 3.7 standard error event is that there's about six chances in 10,000 that the Aussie dollar will go down from here and the other chances is that we'll go up, give up. So I, what I say is there's an overwhelming risk that the Australian dollar uh, uh, will move higher, um, which is the kind of the problem uh, that, we're, uh, that we're facing. Now, why is it that uh, the Australian dollar hasn't moved yet? And I, uh, and I talked about this in the piece that was, in the end section of the piece that was released on Monday. Uh, there are no cycles that are the same, and then this, cycle, there was considerable sand in the gears uh, that didn't exist earlier in the century, and the sand in the gears on this occasion is because of COVID. Uh, the Aussie dollar trades internationally not so much as uh, the Aussie dollar itself, but as part of a group of non-US dollar assets, and the dominant way of trading those is in terms of index funds of non-US dollar assets. And the largest component of those index funds of non-US dollar assets uh, is the euro. Uh, so basically, the euro tends to lead, tends to be the bellwether uh, that leads uh, index funds of non-US dollar assets, uh, followed by things like uh, the, US, uh, the US dollar yen uh, and, uh, and the pound sterling. And then further along, there's currencies like us and behind us, uh, there's country, currencies like uh, the South African Rand and the New Zealand dollar. Um, and so the, the, those currencies tend to move with the biggest in the index moving first and the, and the medium ones moving after that and the smallest uh, currencies moving last. Uh, and uh, so what we've had uh, is we've had a very slow response from the euro uh, in this cycle as opposed to the previous cycle. The best explanation that I can find of that, uh, again, I said in the piece on Monday, uh, is the vaccination lag, lag between Europe and uh, for COVID between Europe and the United States, that uh, in the United States, COVID vaccination started on the 14th of December. But uh, it was not until the end of the week of the 28th of July uh, this year that uh, the European Union breached the same level of vaccination as a proportion of the total population that the United States had got. So I think what that meant is that Europeans, how the system works, uh, the international currency system works, is that uh, uh, the US, in spite of being the world, still the world's largest economy, is a net importer of capital and it imports savings 
as big a source of savings that imports capital from is, uh, is the European area, uh, where there's a great deal of excess savings, current account surpluses, creators as opposed to uh, in the euro area, whereas current account deficits in the, in the US. And so uh, the big movements in the US dollar tend to be, or uh, the, the source of funds for the US economy is basically, the, uh, is basically Europe. Uh, but uh, the Europeans, it's been better to continue to invest in the United States than keep the money and invest in themselves because of this lag in vaccinations. But pretty much from any time now, and I can't know exactly when, uh, what you'll see, what you should see, is more money being kept within the euro area and invested domestically in the European economy. And that should generate a surge in the euro uh, relative to the Aussie dollar. Uh, it's relative to the US dollar. Uh, when that happens, that will lead the index of non-US dollar assets, including the Aussie dollar, um, uh, in a northward direction. Um, but that's, uh, that's the best description I can, I can provide of what's, of what's happening in terms of fundamentals and what's happening in markets.